Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. BFFT. From the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. Well, what are we seeing when we watch baseball games today? We're seeing the umpires struggle with strike zones. Is it just social media we have more access to this? Or is it becoming more difficult for umpires to get balls and strikes? Are hitters more reactive than, than ever before? What are we seeing? Is it that we never before had a rectangle on our screen and now we can see that the ball is two inches low? Like, why can't that umpire see it? I want to bring on Jim Joyce, former Major League Baseball umpire, man of the world, hell of an umpire, and a guy who worked... 22 years in the American League and was in baseball uh, wearing the uh, wearing the uh, umpire uniform and outfit and a guy who got to umpire three all-star games 10 division series four league championship series three times Jim Joyce was in the World Series as an umpire he's done it as at a high level is what I'm saying I want to ask him about that, and I want to ask him about some of the other stuff we're seeing around baseball. Jimmy Joyce joining us now. How are you, sir? Wonderful, sir. How are you, John? I'm doing well, man. It's always good to talk with you. I love getting your, your uh, you know, you're so candid, and I love getting behind the scenes and really literally getting inside baseball with you. And I want to start with balls and strikes, if you don't mind. I mean, you've been there. You've been behind the plate. We're seeing hitters in the game today that are jumping around. They're upset that they're not getting good calls. It seems like it's more frequent, but I'm just I'm skeptical. Maybe maybe we're just we have access now to more footage and social media. What do you see when you watch games? Well, you're you're probably spot on about the social media part of it and also the technology part of it. Um, I can give you a little bit hindsight uh, to the balls and strikes and what we're seeing nowadays is a hundred years ago when I started and was no social media and there was no technology pitchers adopted or pitchers adopted to the umpires and hitters adopted to the umpires on what they called balls and strikes. They were very, very good at it. And I'm talking about the Wade Boggs, the Don Mattingly, at that time, Barry Bonds was even junior, was really good at it. Those guys learned to hit. I'm going to say something that I might get a little bit of heat for, but in my humble opinion, with the technology that's been put into the game of baseball, and I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent, all I'm saying is is that players aren't, aren't stupid. They learn that the umpires have to call a certain parameter nowadays, and they are in tune to that. And hitters are no longer, in my humble opinion, hitting that pitch that's two inches off the plate to right field or the left-handed better, 
hitting the pitches three inches off the plate to left left field like Wade Boggs and Don Mattingly used to do. And so they're waiting for perfect pitches now, or at least semi-perfect pitches. Now, I've been out of the game for six years now, or six seasons, and I can also tell you another thing is that don't believe that rectangle that's on TV every night. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's not all it's made out to be, to be very honest with you. Give me an idea there. You're behind the plate. And you know you see that rectangle uh, later when you're calling a game. Like, what are what what is the uh, the the let me let me illusion let me give you an idea. Yeah, let me give you an idea about it. Okay, we sit in replay, and we have both feeds to the game. And this was on. The, as a matter of fact, talk about social media. This was on social media the other day. We get both feeds, the home feed and the away feed, while you're sitting in instant. Re- you're sitting in replay in New York. A pitch will come in, and they have the box on both on both feeds, you know, one feed for, let's just say, Atlanta, one feed for the Dodgers. The pitch at some in, in some instances come in different. One pitch will say a strike, one pitch will say a ball. Hmm. And I sat there and watched it. And we've, we've commented about it, or I should say umpires have com, 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 uh, commented about it to the quote-unquote, the office, and in my opinion, they don't want to mess with TV. TV's got a good thing going with that strike zone and everything like that, and everybody believes it. But uh, I can tell you behind the scenes, and I don't know if they'll (laughs) get mad at me for this, but sometimes that box is not what it's made out to be. That's fascinating. That's it. are the umpires upset about this, to, or is the, are they just looking at it like, hey, it's just the times? No, actually, I, I don't, it, they're not really upset about it, or we were not a, we're, we were not upset about it because we are graded by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has their own system called ZE, and they grade off of that. Uh, that's in every ballpark in the country, so it's it's set. It's sent to every ballpark, and there's 30 of them in every city. And personally, that is a much higher quality system um, than what, I don't know, what they call K-Zone or whatever like that. And Major League Baseball actually evaluates each umpire off of that system. And that's why you see on, you know, on social media, uh, you know, people blast Angel Hernandez for calling a pitch four inches off the plate. Well, you know what? That pitch actually in the replay center and on ZE might only be an inch off the plate, which is actually in the parameters of calling it a strike anyway. And so uh, you really, first of all, the umpires aren't going to come out and, and, and say what I'm saying about it because, uh, you know, they're still working. So, but I can give you an, I can give you an honest opinion on it that, uh, they say, or at least the averages average out to be, that umpires only miss two to four pitches a game. Wow. So uh, if you want to put in robo-umpires because of that, they miss two or four, four or even six pitches a game. You know, it's very rare that they miss them at the, cru- at the crucial uh, part of the game. And if they did, why don't they just challenge the pitch uh, instead of, you know, wanting to put in a, a robo-umpire because – that happens. Uh, I'll never watch baseball again. Yeah, give me an idea. You know, because we have d- discussed that. I don't want. I don't want 
computers calling the balls and strikes. I don't want a robot calling the balls and strikes. I, I sort of like the human element of it, but uh, how much pressure do you think uh, umpires in general are getting to move towards technology like that? Quite a bit. I, I know for a fact they're uh, actually, it's actually in their contract that uh, baseball can move to technology when it's proven and it's viable for the game. And uh, the, one of the reasons they haven't put it in yet because it's not completely proven yet. And But me personally, uh, the, the element, the human element out of the game, for just a couple of pitches per game makes absolutely no sense to me. Baseball was, <laughs> and here I'm going to be talking about something that everybody wants to make perfect. Uh, imagine that. But, you know, is not perfect it was it was never meant to be perfect to be honest with you um and and this is just in my lifetime you know where i went from basically um just doing what i do and and the league having faith in an umpire to go out there and call a good game to all the way through now the technology part of this game and it was a lot more fun back then than when i retired Jim Joyce, our guest, former Major League Baseball umpire. Uh, you were in the World Series multiple times. You were in uh, a whole bunch of All-Star games as well. Uh, quite an honor. As an umpire, when you get that call to be in a World Series, you know, there has to be a moment where you're like, okay, this is great, pat on the back. But then here comes the first pitch. You kind of got to drill down and just call it like you call any other great game. Is Can you call World Series games the same, or are the umpires as tight as the team's? Um, you know, it's one of those things that everybody wants the World Series, and all of a sudden you get it and go, uh-oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm up to the task. And I can be very honest with that, too, because my last World Series in 2013 with the uh, Red Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals, I, I, I bared down on that one. I mean, I'm talking about when I went to work the plate game six, um, in Boston, I, I mean, I thought about what I was going to do that whole day and my wife was with me and she said, you know, this is kind of boring just sitting around. And I said, you know what, babe, go ahead and go out and see the sights, but, um, I'm focusing on this tonight. That's one day in my life and I'm going to focus on this. And I went out and I, I, I think I had a really, 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 probably one of my best play jobs ever. And I know that's a little egotistic but uh i'll just be honest i thought i had a really good one so give me an uh, idea though yeah. hold, jim hold on there because like we we always talk to athletes about that and athletes will talk about hey i was relaxed i was really seeing the ball well when yeah. you're umpiring behind the plate and you have a great game <laughs> is it moving slower than maybe the games where you struggle a little bit or what's going on um, I just think you're more in tune to your surroundings and everything else that's going on around you. Uh, David Ross was the catcher from Boston at the time. And I remember the first two pitches I called in the game that night, David turned to me and said, Jimmy, are you going to be there all night? And, I j and they're kind of like on the borderline low end. And, you know, we also have ZE for the playoffs. So, you know, I'm getting charted on every pitch I call. And I said, David, yep, I'm staying right there. And at the end of that game, of course, Boston won. David turned around to me, and he just tapped me on my chest protector, and he said, that was awesome. That's the biggest reward I got out of that. And um, 
you know, Molina was the other catcher, and he's kind of quiet. Um, so the only thing I had with Molina was that play in the uh, seventh inning when I had the three Red Sox behind me. Everybody's calling uh, Johnny Gomes safe at the plate. So, but I was really in tune to it. I mean, it was one of those ones where everything fell in place all night. Everything was just, you know, going well. And the pitchers were pitching, hitters were hitting, and there was hardly any errors. You know, there was no boots or anything like that. And it was actually being in tune, but it was also fun at the same time. And I I don't mean ha-ha fun. I mean, when you do your job well, that's fun to me. Jim Joyce with us. You mentioned Angel Hernandez. He becomes a lightning rod for criticism how much yep. of it is merited? How much do uh, the do the average fan or media member not understand about what's going on on the field when Angel Hernandez is out there? Quite a bit, I believe. Uh, Angel's a good umpire, um, and it, I don't care if people don't believe me or not. And uh, with the social media and everything, Angel's been picked on his whole career, and I don't know why. Once you get a reputation, it's hard, especially a bad reputation, it's hard to get out of that. And, I mean, I, you can go back and look at some of the calls that Angel's made in the playoffs. Angel made a call in the playoffs where there was no tag at the plate, and everybody's scrambling around the plate and everything, and Angel's right there doing the right thing. He was textbook, and nobody said a word about it after, after that play. And it was probably one of the best calls, you know, in the playoffs uh, that year. And um, a lot of it, maybe he brings out on himself by his attitude. I don't, you know, I don't know Angel real well, but I, I know that if he's in the major leagues, he's a pretty good umpire. Jim Joyce with us, longtime major league umpire. You saw him in the World Series. You saw him in all-star games. Jim, we're seeing brawls, and we saw it kind of out of that shortened spring training, and I wondered, were pitchers struggling to grip the ball? Was it control? What are we seeing? Because it feels like there are more fights right now than maybe in the middle of your era, or maybe we're just seeing it more because it's on TV. I think that's part of it, seeing it more because every game's on TV, every pitch is on TV now. Social media is going to keep playing, replaying it all the time. I actually saw the last brawl with the, the Mariners and the Angels, and they have a history. I mean, you know, uh, it's, a, it, it's a good rivalry, and they have a history. Uh, but this last one was uh, a little nastier. It, uh, it took on a beast of its own at that time. And, you know, I've seen some really good ones, but the majority of the fights in baseball are the grabbing of the jersey and just kind of, Picking a dance partner, so to speak, and but this one, this one kind of stood out a little bit. There was a little bit to it, and um, I also think it's the climate we live in today. We're in a very volatile climate these days, and I think that might have a little bit to do with it. Um, you're not going to tell me what to do, and you're not going to yell at me. And um, I've seen it with the umpires too, uh, where the umpires are are instructed to you know, turn the other cheek, so to speak. And um, I always listen to a player's gripes. If they had a concern, I'd listen to it. But it seems like they're barking a lot more now instead of just getting up there and playing the game of baseball. And 
it was evident uh, with this Mariners Angels fight that it was it spilled over from the night before. Media members right. were talking about it. People at the stadium were talking about it. I'm sure the umpires were tuned into it. What do you do yeah, in that absolutely. situation? Let's say you're behind the plate. You know, there's been you know some nonsense that happened the night before. What can you do as an umpire? Well, actually, uh, it, determining on what the league might do, the league might even step in. And uh, when I was a crew chief, they might give me a call and say, "Jimmy, you got the Mariners and the Angels tonight. They've had problems in the past." Just we're just giving you a heads up. Just be aware of it. And said, okay, okay. Actually, it happened to me in Kansas City one time with Oakland, and it, it was a three night ordeal. And it was, it carries over from day to day to day. And usually, what happens is um, you will meet at the plate and say, okay, boys, I hope we have a good one tonight, and kind of give that wink, wink, and. You know, that's the first night. Let's just see what happens. Okay, somebody gets blasted. They both get their get their shots in. And then oh, I usually would do was maybe even give the managers a call and say, uh, we're done with this, right? And, you know, usually the answer is yes. Well, it didn't happen in Kansas City because I knew right away there was going to be some problems. And especially when a hitter hits a, a 3-0 pitch in the, in the seats, and turns the game into a blow-on, I knew the next guy was going to get drilled. And you have a sense of what's going on out there, and sometimes it's easy to pick out when it's going to happen, and sometimes it just happens and you don't even know there was a problem before. So you let them know sometimes, okay, this is over. This is done. And uh, the guys, I'm sure, in Seattle uh, had some words with the managers, or at least the league probably had some words with the managers, obviously, because Phil Nevin took them. Uh, he, he had a pretty big penalty. Yeah, and I I also think, like, when when the fight is happening, you know, everybody's leaving the dugout. You even saw the interpreter leave the dugout in that Angels game, and everybody's yep. kind of, like you said, they're picking dance partners or whatnot. But as an umpire... What do you do there, Jim? Because it's not like you're going to hold back, you know, both rosters and everybody running in from the bullpen. Back in the day, uh, we tried to do that. We actually tried to get in between them and stop it and even try to catch the hitter before he got to the mound or in the, in the Mariner incidents going to the dugout. Uh, we actually used to try to step in and literally try to stop it. Uh, too many guys were getting hurt, though. We were actually getting hurt during that. Uh, my humble opinion is that I I don't have a problem if you want to mix it up a little bit. But if I was in charge, there would not be one pitcher that comes out of that bullpen. And if he does, he's going to be suspended for at least one game. Anybody that comes out of the dugout, just like in hockey, you come off that bench, you're getting whacked. You're going to get suspended. And you're going to lose money at it. When they start taking money out of their paychecks, that's that's when this stuff will stop. I love that. Jim Joyce <laughs> with us. Jim, uh, you are participating in the 10th Annual Celebrity Golf Tournament. I appreciate you doing it. It'll be on July 14th at the Reserve. Why is that important for you to help kids in the community that uh, will be able to you know, play musical instruments and play sports that uh, they, they may not otherwise be able to do? That's exactly the reason. You said it perfect right there. I do it because if my minor celebrity status will get somebody out there 
to help these kids, I will do it until the day I can't swing a golf club. And then I'll even do it afterwards. I'll ride in the cart with somebody. I don't know if they want to sponsor me, but I'll ride in the cart as long as I can, as long as I can walk on that out to the cart and just have a good time the whole day. I will be there. As long as you invite me, I will be there every time. Jim Joyce, you're the best. Thank you, man. And thanks for sharing your expertise. I feel smarter after talking to you. Well, don't believe everything you hear. <laughs> Jimmy Joyce, thank you. I'll see you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a little bit, John. Thanks All for right. the invite. There he is, Jim Joyce, former Major League Baseball umpire, worked the World Series several times, worked some All-Star games. I love that, uh, that expertise, so to speak, inside baseball. Leave it here. you got the bald-faced truth statewide. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. One of the things that I said when I arrived in this state nearly 20 years ago, it was my second tour. Don't be like, hey, you're not native. I'm native. I was born in Medford, Oregon. But uh, when I arrived back here 20 years ago, one of the things that I noted was that the expectations of the sports fans here were very modest. If you were a Beaver fan, you had been through years of losing uh, no bowl games uh, really sporadic uh, success Dennis Erickson and Mike Riley had raised the bar sure but there was uh, there was a whole bunch of losing seasons and and Oregon fans look you had gone through some stuff too I talked to Oregon fans who said they never had to worry about not having a ticket like the stadium was half full for football games and uh, very modest expectations uh, Blazer fans had a championship in 77 and had flirted with an uh, NBA title in the Clyde Drexler years, but by and large, it was the 2000 Western Conference Finals meltdown that had short, sort of haunted uh, the sports market and haunted sports fans in the market, uh, but the, uh, the expectations were really low. So I want to say something here that I hope you take to heart. And I hope that you take into the next sports season. If you're a Duck fan, do not lower the bar. Do not lower your expectations. Do not say things like, you know what, we've had a bunch of uh, BCS bowl games and we've had some college football playoff experience, a couple of appearances there, one time getting into the uh, uh, national championship game against Ohio State and then Chip Kelly in 2011, last uh, BCS era championship game, got the Ducks there and you know, played uh, played two playoff games, and don't don't lower the expectations. I know Vegas is telling you that Dan Lanning's program should win about eight and a half games this season. I'm uh, I'm saying that line's about right. I think if he wins nine, it's a really successful season in my mind. But I'm going to ask our guest coming up, Julian Minnesone from uh, KEZI and Eugene, what his expectations are for Dan Lanning. And maybe next season and then bigger picture stuff with Dan Lanning. And same thing for Oregon State. Don't lower your expectations and just make the goal this year the same goal that it was last year. Don't just say, hey, getting to a bowl game would be really great. Yeah, of course it would be great if you got to a bowl game. That's the model that Oregon State used for years to keep people coming back. But don't just say, hey, that's it. Getting to a bowl game, that sure would be great. But that's not all. 
and Blazer fans. Come on, raise the bar for this team. I'm saying they have to be fun and entertaining. And for me, fun and entertaining means that's a playoff team. That's a team that is fun to go see. Uh, on Friday or Saturday night, you're at, you're at Moda Center, and you're like, this is the place to be. That's fun and entertaining. It's not settling. It's not lowering the expectations. Don't do that. I'm not going to do it. I hope you don't do it either. Our guest, Julian Minnesone, KEZI, coming up after the break. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.